Small Face. I'm Philippe Rose. This is a conversation among friends working in international affairs. We share stories about our life in the real world and beyond the noisy headlines and hope a few interesting insights come out. First, a word from the Fletcher School. Register by May 1st for Fletcher Live Online. This is a collection of five-week-long courses that give you the essential tools for today's global landscape. Engage with world-renowned faculty and enter a global community of fellow leaders, diplomats, CEOs and innovators tackling many of the same challenges as you. Courses include negotiation, strategy and leadership for social impact, economic inclusion, cyber risk and understanding climate action. See show notes for details. Today, I speak with Celeste Marinelli. Celeste and I were classmates on the Global Master of Arts program, or GMAP, at the Fletcher School of Law and Diplomacy. Celeste grew up in Guatemala and is part of a country's diplomatic service. She was first posted to the Netherlands and then went to Thailand to set up an open Guatemala's embassy and recently moved to Washington, D.C. Celeste seems to have a constant bubbly personality, even when she shares the memories of a childhood amid the violence that marred Guatemala in the 1990s. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Yeah. I've, been, I've really enjoyed uh, being able to, to use the excuse of the podcast actually to reconnect <laughs> with a number of, uh, a number of you. That's uh, good. But it's, it's, uh, I actually have to admit, I, I, uh, as part of a kind of a mindfulness uh, approach, I've started writing down uh, what I remember of my dreams when I wake up. People and the have last, told uh, me to do this. <laughs> So the last few weeks, uh, I've actually managed to remember these dreams. And okay. then I realized they're always the same. They're no. Every night, yes, every night I dream of traveling. Every night I dream of adventure travel, taking uh, flights to remote locations, uh, wow. trying to find my ways at night in unfamiliar cities. Wow. The, the, the only conclusion I can draw is I'm just craving... To travel. Uh, a change of scenery <laughs> so uh, yeah to to almost a pathological degree right now yeah yeah okay <laughs> i so, heard that so how do do you feel that it's you know like do you like doing this thing of writing down your dreams and everything i've heard people have recommended me to do this as well yeah it, it, my, my challenge is there's a very short window uh to do it uh it's ideally if i'm kind of half asleep yeah, because then you forget, uh, right? Then I remember. Because mm -hmm. usually the mood stays, usually for mm -hmm. a number of hours. So maybe I'm in an anxious mood, yeah. but I've forgotten the dream. Uh -huh. But if I remember the dream, then I know why I'm feeling anxious. It's like, yes, my plane crashed an hour ago, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm tense. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so. I think that a lot of people are with the, you know, craving for traveling, yeah. Yeah, and a, a lot of us, our lives has just changed incredibly much. So, yeah, like from what we used to enjoy to to now, that's I don't know. True. But you know, like I think that you, well, I think that while growing up, you know, I didn't travel a lot, unlike yeah. you guys. You know, when I was, you know, when I went to GMAP and when I moved to the Netherlands, I noticed that people traveled a lot yeah. for like 
everything. And I was like, yeah. wow. With For me, it was like, you know, lucky if I would travel once a year. F- from Guate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, hearing all these stories of everyone being like, you know, jet setters, <laughs> I was like, wow, you know, I didn't know that people traveled a lot. <laughs> we travel for holidays, but, you know, once a year. So for me, staying yeah. in Thailand for the pandemic, in a way, I felt like, finally, you know, all this traveling, I was exhausted. <laughs> Yeah. Because in a way, you catch up with the rhythm of life of people, you know, like traveling and, you know, I was in Europe. Yes, let's go for the weekend to Barcelona uh, uh, and doing these things. And, you know, you do it. It's fun and all these things. But in a way, it all, it's also tiring a bit, I true. think. So for true, me, I was super happy. I was super happy being <laughs> locked that? down in a country. <laughs> and you had a chance to discover Thailand a little bit beyond Bangkok. I think I am a Thai expert. Oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> but that's rare, right? Because most people don't do that. I mean, Yeah, I love it. I loved it. I did a lot of road trips with my friends and we went hiking and we went to the small islands near Bangkok and even exploring Bangkok. I think that if I would have been able to travel, because I would have been eager to visit like Cambodia and Vietnam, yeah, and, you know, yeah. I would be traveling so much on the weekends that I don't think I would have it gotten to know Bangkok that well because you know we went a lot to the periphery areas you know and to the little towns in the nearby areas so and we took a lot of like boats in the river uh, in the yeah, Chao Phraya yeah, just yeah. to get to other towns and things like that which I would have never yeah done. you would, yeah yeah I, I can relate to that because uh, when I moved to Southeast Asia I was based in Brunei mm-hmm. and my, my 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 boss at the time um, was was British but his wife uh, was Thai and so he knew Thailand uh, very well and uh, what he did is uh, because I, Brunei was very quiet so so mm-hmm. uh, I like to, to travel at the weekend. And so when he when he heard I wanted to travel to Bangkok, he like he got really really excited, and then took me aside and then locked locked me in a in a little private room, and then took a took a piece of paper and started drawing uh, a map of like wow. what what to see and what to do in Bangkok, like which <laughs> bo- which little boat to take to discover <laughs> like uh, the uh, kind of a floating floating food market and all kinds of things, and it 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 meant that the the experience was was just uh, yeah really that's really amazing. exceptional. Really, that's really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, t- t- tell me, tell me, but you, 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 you said you, you, you've got Italian roots, right? Yes. And you, but, but you grew up in in, uh, in Guatemala. Yes. And uh, I, I don't know Guatemala very well. I, I, the, the only I, 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 I visited only once, mm-hmm. uh, and it was it was a tour. I was I was uh, I was very young, as just a student, uh, and I was visiting. Uh, uh, Yucatan and uh, Chiapas in Mexico, and then did a by bus uh, crossed over into Belize. Uh, okay. And then I thought, there's this country nearby that's fascinating, uh, but it's got a quite a bad rep, stories of kidnappings and everything. Uh, yeah. But but I still want to do it, and uh, so I, I at the time I rented a car and uh, drove uh, from Guatemala. Into so from, from Belize uh, from Belize into Guatemala <clears throat> to try to to see Tikal the yeah. the beautiful uh, site with temples and everything, but but I, I'd read that the road from mm-hmm. Belize to Tikal was extremely dangerous 
uh, a lot of kidnappings and especially uh, police people uh-huh. uh, w- would be engaged in, in, uh, in such things. And so as I was driving into uh, Guate, there were two policemen standing in the middle of the road waving at me. So I, I kind of, they were blocking the road. So I really had to stop. Uh-huh. And I thought, oh my God, something's going to go wrong. What can I do? <laughs> and then instead of sitting next to me, like one next to me, or what, they both sat in the back of the car. Uh-huh. So then I started really being afraid. I thought they're going to, what are they going to do from, from behind me where I can't see them? So the only idea I had was let, let me, because the road was very bad, lots of potholes. Yes. I thought, yeah. So I thought the only thing I can do is let me drive as fast as I can. So uh, the, the car will bump around so much, they won't be able to do anything, so, which I did. <laughs> so it was bump, 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 bump. And after a few minutes, they, 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 they couldn't take it anymore. So they say, stop, stop, stop. And, th- and then they left the car. So, okay. <laughs> so that was my introduction to, uh, to Guadalajara. Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe they were hitchhiking, you know? I think they were, yeah. honestly. <laughs> that happens a lot as well. I remember once we went to the highlands in Guatemala <laughs> with my mom. And we were asking for directions because we got lost at some point. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, the guy was like, oh, yeah, oh, I'm actually headed th- in that direction. Can you give me a ride? <laughs> and we're like, yeah, sure, you know. <laughs> yeah. But like c- coming from Switzerland where police people uh, definitely don't do hitchhiking, uh, I, th- I thought this is quite suspicious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never that's mind. true. <laughs> so t- 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 tell me, like, h- how is it what, like growing, growing up? Which, which year was this? Approximately? Ooh, uh, t- maybe 2000 and... Ah, okay, 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 okay. 2001, 2002, something oh, like that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah. that's good. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it was really good fun. I loved growing up in Guatemala, but also because I think that we did a lot of outdoor things. The city wasn't as developed as it is now. So everywhere you were, there were huge like fields, you know, of, you know, little hills and stuff. So, and you know, I don't know if it was the same for you, but we didn't have cell phones at that time. So we would leave in the morning with my cousins or my brothers with the bicycles and come back (laughs) at dawn. And, you know, luck. You know, hopefully, thankfully, <laughs> nothing ever happened, you know, because you climb trees, you fall off. Well, a bunch of, uh, not me, but a bunch, yeah, broke some bones and all these things, you know. But <laughs> but other than that, you know, <laughs> thankfully, everything went well because we were crazy at the stuff that we did when we were kids. But it was also interesting times because I was very, very young when we still were in an internal armed conflict, yeah. which is like the official name that, that of, of the conflict that we had. And because the, the, the peace agreements were signed in 1996, so mm. I was like maybe uh, 10? No, 11. 12, I think, when, yeah. when it was signed. But I remember growing up, and I think I told you this story, that there was we were living in the city. And right. it was very different, you know, if you were living in the city or if you were living in the rural area, you know. And a lot of what happened in the city and with, you know, the people I grew up with was that there was a lot of kidnaps. Right. With children for ransom money, basically. Oh. 
And I remember that there was a time, apparently, because I don't know, that it was so dangerous uh, that they decided that with all my cousins, you know, my uncles and my aunts and my mom, they decided that we were all going to live together in one house. Wow, so okay. every time we had to take the school bus, we would go out in a pack. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't going to be individuals, you know, so we would all be like a herd going together to the bus, directly to the school, and then everyone together back. So I The idea was uh, safety in numbers, or what, what, what was the point of, uh, what was the idea of having everyone together? I think it was that, I, I think it was Maybe. that, you know, that it would be much difficult, you know, if you yeah, get a, yeah. a body. I don't know, you know, you could get 12 kids that would have. Um, for me, it was super fun because it was, you know, you'd sort of don't understand what's going on. I'm super, you know, I'm like six years old or something. And you're living with and your entire family and it's just fun. You know, we have, <laughs> imagine having <laughs> 12 kids sleeping in mattresses. <laughs> all together, we had dinner all together, eggs and beans every single day. I even remember the dishes because the plates were like this acrylic plastic and they were light brown with a very dark brown like line around it. I will never forget this. And we had e scrambled eggs and beans every single night. And uh, But I just remember that it was like a great fun time for me because I had all these kids all the time, you know? So in that sense, you, you, you know, you don't understand very well the reality of, or at least I didn't understand very well the reality of what was going on. But I do remember my mom being very honest with me with what was happening because I remember there were all these ribbons, these blue ribbons, and there were pink ribbons tied against around the trees. And there were so many, so many, so many. And I remember very well once asking my mom, you know, you know, mom, like, why are all these ribbons like in the trees? And she explained to me because these the pink ribbons uh, signify the uh, the girls that have been kidnapped, oh, and the blue ribbons the boys that have been kidnapped because you know, well, we are because of the situation that we are living in right now, and etc. So you sort of knew what was going on. But I think that as a kid, you you know, you don't sense the reality very well. Wow. So you sort of, and you hear stories. I remember there was like a kid in our school that I, she actually went in our school bus, I think, and that she was kidnapped. So, you know, like, oh, no, you know, they kidnapped her and all these things. So, oh, you know, like, and then you ask them when they're back in school, like, so how was it? And, you know, oh, it's very strange. Um, my mom had a very good friend of hers in university who was a, a you know, very uh, advocate, not advocate, but I think he was very outspoken of the mm. situation that we were living in the country. And, uh, you know, he's actually very well known. He was president of the student council of, of the university. And it was a big thing uh, when he got killed. So, oh. and you know, and she, you know, they were school friends. So for her, I imagine for everyone, it was very, yeah. you know, it, it was a stressful time. And, and the kids came back, I guess, after a week, most of them or all of them after a week or no. so? Uh, yeah. No. Well, not everyone. Yeah. yeah, yeah not yeah, everyone. Yeah. And there yeah. were many cases of, of kids that, yeah, that, you know, kids and adults that were killed. This yeah. is what we lived in the city. 
of course yeah. the yeah. in the rural area it was it was different and it was horrible because atrocities happened you yeah. know yeah. it was massive um you know killings of entire villages and things like that so and and as you grew up, so w- were you ever exposed to all this uh, all this uh, all this violence and and all these security issues? Or you like? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's different because when you grow up in this environment, this is the environment you know. Yeah. So yeah, you just yeah. know you have to be, you know, when you walk, that you have to be aware of your surroundings yeah, yeah. more and all these things. I know you try to live and. A normal life as normal as possible so at that time you know my mom was the one who was driving us everywhere yeah. so <laughs> and but you know i think that she also tried to make it as normal as possible and for us and in the end you have good yeah. friends and as i'm telling you even though well i think we were older but we did these things we took our bicycles and also <laughs> ran out yeah. together into the fields crazy so, yeah <laughs> And, and and did the environment shape uh, some of the choices you made as a, in in terms of studies or, or or professional direction? Like how did you how did no. you then no, no. <laughs> how did you then end up in 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 diplomacy then? To be honest, <laughs> I wanted to be an interior designer, Philip. So I went to see some um, syllabus from various universities, and I didn't like them very much. And then I. I loved history yeah. and I saw that international relations career had a lot of history and philosophy <laughs> classes in it. So I decided to study that because of that. Wow. <laughs> but but it, it's, it's quite a trajectory to, 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 to actually go all the way and start a career in, in it. But you uh, know what? Every time I speak to diplomats and when yeah. you speak to a diplomat, you have to ask them. If you were not a diplomat, what would you be What doing? would you be? Yeah. They always answer something in the arts. Interesting. I didn't yes. know that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was surprised. One, we had this discussion amongst diplomats and one wanted to be an, a theater actor. The other one wow. wanted to be an architect. You know, the other one actually, you know, also plays music because he wanted to be a musician, you know? So <laughs> I was like, okay, there is a pattern here. <laughs> And, and has your has your interest in interior design and, and uh, aesthetics and all that has it um, has I it come in handy in your diplomatic career? Has it uh, yes. somehow give it? Yeah, t- tell me about it. You know, it, we, because of course, part of our job, or maybe what everyone thinks we do all the time, which is not necessarily the truth, the receptions and all these things, etc. <laughs> so that is basically after 6 p.m., <laughs> because from <laughs> 9 to 5, we are working on millions of things. But um, yes, when we do like these receptions and things, it has come in handy because I love to do them in my place. So I, you know, I put a lot of effort in my house in decorating and stuff and also setting the table. I like to be very creative <laughs> according to like the theme and who's going to be wow. there, etc. <laughs> so I think in that sense, maybe it comes in handy. And of course, now with social media, I follow a lot of like pages, you know, of of interior designs and what's in and get ideas and things like that. And eventually, I think I do want to make like a in it and I, re- I remember that actually you you op- didn't you open the 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 guatemala uh, embassy in bangkok or you, yes. you had a, yeah that so it, literally from story. scratch like yeah. you were you were staff number one right 
Yes. <laughs> oh wow. yes, that was crazy. Oh my god. <laughs> I would I I don't know, you know these things. I don't know why. It's like and once I asked, like, oh you know, it was an honor that you thought of me for this like such important task, etc. And I'm like, you know what made you <laughs> what made you choose me? And they were like, Chelly, you were the few that said yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. I'm like, why do I keep, you know, jumping? In? I, I, I think that if there is one thing in my personality is that I am always like, yeah, let's go for it, you know, type of person. So I remember it was crazy, Philippe. You know, you arrive there by yourself and you're like, and there's no, nothing there. <laughs> there's nothing. But what I mean, there's nothing is I even went, for example, to the MFA in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Thailand. And they had to set up their internal system as well, you know, to, you know, for even them, like, uh, you know, absorbing in their system, like a new embassy and everything. So it was. <laughs> and it doesn't happen every day, I'm sure. It doesn't happen every day, you know, and then going to the bank, it's not like you go to the bank and, you know, like, oh, I want to open a bank account for myself, you know, which is yeah. pretty easy. But for an embassy, it's different because there's a lot of requirements, etc. right? You know, <laughs> according to our laws that have to meet with the laws of the other country. I, I, you had to end. look for a site as well? Like you had to find Everything. a real estate? Like, like a location, a house. Yeah. Or a... Everything. Wow. Find a location, opening bank accounts, hire the people that were going to work there. Crazy experience. Do all the remodeling things. <laughs> and for you, it was, if, if I remember right, it was also your very first experience in, in, in Asia. I mean, it's not like you were, you were going to, to the US or you had some familiarity. It's like... Philippe, I had never, <laughs> never been in Asia. It was so different, but you know what? I felt it was so similar to Guatemala in some things. Oh. <laughs> tropical. Like I cannot, oh, it's a tropical right. country. The, the weather, but like the no, culture, no, I cannot No, no, not the weather. The weather is very different because in Guatemala we have mountains, right? So okay, it's basically yes, in the yeah. same latitude, but Guatemala has a lot of mountains. So we, we are, have a climate of like 20 to 25 degrees Celsius, while Thailand is flat, right? But I mean tropical in the sense that it's very you know, folkloric. Uh, there's a lot of traffic and chaos everywhere. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of papers for everything. You know, I come from the, I came from the Netherlands. That was a completely different system. You know, everything was online. You basically never had to go to the bank physically. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so in that sense, I was like, oh, I feel a little bit home. So it made me super nostalgic of Guatemala. <laughs> Funny. And, you know, the street food and the little stores. I felt like, a, you know, a fish in the water. Very, really? you know, very easy because I lived also in a, in a neighborhood where I guess everywhere there was the same. But, you know, the building where I was, it was a small building. And um, I got along very well with the owner of the building, actually, because they also lived there. So it was living like with a family, you know, with a community. It was very nice. But nearby, there were all these little places, the seamstress. And uh, then there was the guy that sold vegetables specifically in a certain hour, certain days. So I would always run out and I'm like, hey, 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 do you have this and that? And I don't know. I just felt like 
I was in Guatemala. In a way, it's I mean, very yeah, different yeah. because, of course, it's completely different cultures. But there were some similarities in it. It's that, funny. I, n- I yeah. would never have imagined. Never would have imagined. But the way you describe makes uh, makes a lot of sense. I always yeah, imagine more. I, I mean, I know Thailand to be very conservative. People are quite uh, pretty quiet. Uh, whereas I remember Guatemala being quite <laughs> loud and <Yes>. boisterous. <laughs> So I That's thought, true. <laughs> in that sense, so, it's different. But yeah, this is why I'm telling you. It's very strange because it's yeah, very yeah. different. But when you're living there, the creativeness that you have amongst the chaos is <laughs> the similarity that That's we That's funny. Have. <laughs> That's really funny. So you, you, were, you were probably the ideal person, actually, to be, to be doing this mission of opening the embassy. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, you know, I have great memories of, of Thailand. It was, it was, it was very difficult, and I have to thank my colleague that was opening the embassy at the same time in Indonesia, because ah, right. I have never seen him in person, but we spoke every day on the phone, ah, giving each right. other like advice and things like that. That sounds great. And it yeah. became like a support group because sometimes yeah. I didn't know what to do. I was like, yeah. I'm like, this is it. <laughs> I'm gonna get fired. This is, you know, like I failed and, (laughs) but talking to him on the phone and him basically having the same feelings as me, we were like, okay, okay, we can do this. We can do this. (laughs) (laughs) We can go forward with this. And so, and you know, I can't wait to go to Guatemala because he's now based in headquarters. I can't wait to go to Guatemala and meet him because we became like really good friends over the phone. Wow. And were you were you both under pressure of having like an ambassador that was about to arrive or was the ambassador yeah. already there? No. Uh, for both of us, the ambassadors arrived only a couple of days before the embassies were inaugurated. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. With, yeah. Which in a sense, I think, I mean, right before the inauguration, maybe it's a little bit too stressful, but I think it's good that they arrived later when everything was more prepared because yeah, yeah. there is so much things you have to do and aside from all the admin stuff you know you have to make sure that people know that Guatemala is there so you have to do the political meetings and you have to engage in meeting other people from the diplomatic community and private sector uh, of, of the country and uh, the different uh, institutions in government as well so it was a lot of work those wow. first months. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah well, well done. It sounds like a fantastic experience. Actually, <laughs> and you said to me actually, uh, if I recall, that, that you were actually pretty sad to be to be leaving in the end. I was very sad. I think I was very sad. Yes, because I had been there. I think only two years. Yeah, that's, that's and short, it was yeah. very unexpected. So I was like, oh, you know, I was really sad, and but you know, things first things happens for a reason. Second, where I am now, of course, it's an honor to be here. So that's great. I'm closer to home, which yeah. I think that during pandemic times, it's great. Yeah. And uh, and it, it also means that I had a great time, right? Yeah. So <laughs> at least, yeah. you know, I was happy. <laughs> hey, you know where it, it is. Was, you know exactly. where it is and how it is if you, if you want to continue exploring. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. And but you know, I was also very sad when I left the Netherlands. I think not as sad as when I left Thailand, but because I in the Netherlands I had been already like four years. So I yeah. think that I was ready for another challenge at work. 
But from Thailand, I think, yeah, maybe because it was only two years. But you know what? Now that I am here and I am, and I am embracing this city, you know, I'm happy. Talking <laughs> about the, the US, I mean... It, I'd I'd love to hear your impressions when you when you did the, the this GMAP program yeah. and uh, we, you, we you and we us together since we were in the same class were exposed to for me it was one of my first or the first time uh, studying with Americans uh, mm-hmm. but also it was a super diverse group so it's very very curious to to yeah, uh, yeah hear you uh, on, on how, what your memories are of that time. I loved it, of course. I think that GMAP also, as everything in my life, was very unexpected. So, but it was also the very the first time I was exposed, same for you, with international people uh, in school, basically. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, with many Americans, of course, because I think half the class were, were Americans, right? Yes, I think it was half, yeah. Out and of, from, from the Department of Defense, which, of course, is also uh, very, you know, personality-wise yeah, and mentality-wise, yeah. it's also, you know, a very particular way of, of thinking and everything. And and I think that the other thing, Philippe, for me, was that everyone was much older than me. True. It was in my yeah, 20s. Was quite, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, imagine. I th- I sometimes think like oh, they should. They probably thought like this stupid kid, all idealistic, <laughs> you know. Like I want a welfare cap- capitalist system, you know, <laughs> kind of mindset. And uh, so it, <laughs> it's so embarrassing. But <laughs> but you know, I think that the syllabus was fantastic. It was very complete. I think that the readings that they gave us were fantastic yeah, as yeah. well. And I also think that the dialogue that we had from the different perspectives from everywhere, from everyone, everywhere, all over the world, was super interesting. And then I love also the friendships that we made. But I, I remember that, that there was quite some very strong differences in, in opinions. I know. Uh, and and I, you, you talked about... I don't about... remember. No. <laughs> Well, I, I remember you yes, when you I started. Remember. It did you you were you were. I remember your 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 contributions. You, you were quite, <laughs> I'd say, uh, we'd call it left wing or or, or uh, my well. You... <laughs> I I I would like to say that maybe I was like a welfare capitalist. <laughs> yeah, and I remember you, you, you because we of course we took classes in trade yeah. and things like this where um, uh, they were quite a some compelling cases made for mm-hmm. how trade tends to create welfare and then we can we can uh, correct the, f- the 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 negative effects and all of that and i, I remember your your points of view evolved quite a bit uh, <laughs> i just do you have memories of that because i, I don't scared. remember <laughs> I don't remember. I remember, of course, what I, you know, what I thought at that time. Right. What, what did you think you at know, the time? I think at that time I was very, you know what I'm telling you, uh, you know, uh, we need a big step. I was, I think I was very angry at the private sector at the time and the, you know, capitalist model that is greedy 
and that, you know, the rich are getting richer and, uh, well, yeah, inequality uh, still uh, exists, we, you know, <laughs> but in a sense that, you know, I was very angry about right. the whole situation. I think that was more, that's the difference. I was very like angry at the situation at the moment. So, you know, the economy system has to change and all these things. I don't know, to be honest. This is what uh, I we, sort of, this is what I'm telling you what I think I was feeling at the time. <laughs> yeah, I think I recall that too, but where did this come from? Like it, it, it came from, is that, is that something you... I think like, from seeing the, I think from in my country seeing so much poverty yeah and um yeah i think it it, it was i think it it come it it came from that you know from from growing up in a country that, that yeah you see extreme poverty and you see at the same time extreme wealth yeah so i yeah. think that in that sense i was you know like this is unjust and yeah uh, you know we still have a lot to go a lot to do in that sense but um but you know i was just you know the classic young idealistic person uh, <laughs> uh, but, but did the, the gmat program change you or or are you st- yes of course no but i think it wasn't only gmat i think it's also time you know time and, and uh, i guess living abroad as well living abroad but also i think that with gmat i started to I already read, of course, but, you know, I started to read more international newspapers on economy as well, for example. And believe it or not, I continued studying. So now at least once a year, I do an online course. So I did one with the LSE recently, for example, and, and, and things like that. So you basically you're I think it's very important because you also keep yourself updated with what academia is on and their analysis on things, which is something sometimes very different from what policy is doing. So I think uh, in that sense, yeah, it's just, you know, you evolve in the sense that you become more of, I think I become more practical, (laughs) realist as as well. And uh, yeah. I don't know. And and task oriented. So I think of course task, GMAP yeah. was a GMAP was a very valuable instrument and I it was I would say maybe the starting point of yeah. my growth on beliefs but also on the way you know you are or you develop into. And and so after this this trajectory of GMAP and then living in in, uh, in in Netherlands and Thailand, like if you reflect back on your on Guatemala itself, I mean, do you uh, yeah, what emotions do you have, and and uh, do you still have the same? Uh, um, kind of- I mean, yes and no. Yes, in the sense that inequality is a reality. You know, I think I'm not very passionate as I used to be. Okay. And um, and of course, you know, I don't hate everyone anymore. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, uh, everything. I think that in the sense that also being a civil servant, you understand more how processes work. Yeah. And you understand better also how the economy works, the global markets work. So in that sense, of course, yes, I see that my country has uh, still a lot of uh, a large inequality gap. But 
being a civil servant now, I also understand the value of institution building, for example. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is something that we have to continue working on a lot in Guatemala. And, and the value that having solid institutions, but good administrative uh, public systems, yeah. uh, how this is very important, important for the efficiency of yeah. of uh, of government so i this is like something that i've learned a lot and that i'm driven towards a lot so you you could see yourself go back to to guatemala and work in this uh, in this space or uh, yes. what, what's your yeah. yes yeah. very yeah. much very much and um, yeah i you know i'm very i'm very much focused right now on policy specifically but you ha- you also even though you know i'm focused on policy you s- i still have to deal a lot with administrative processes internally so these things i've learned that i like a lot so i i am very active yeah so work, working on this. on uh, the the, mm-hmm. the the structures and the processes yeah. under that underpin institutions yeah, um, to make the, yeah yeah and what has stayed with you the, the most from the GMAP experience? You know what? I remember really well that I put in practice a lot the negotiation class. I always think okay. of the BATNA. Do you remember that? Right, right, right. Yes, yes. I yes. always remember that. And I always think, you know, okay, what's the BATNA here? I always think about it, <laughs> that's, you know? That, that's, that, that's quite powerful, <laughs> All <the time>. actually. That... <laughs> All the Because that's really an example of a, a, a direct application. Yeah. Yes. If, if, if you, yeah. I always, always, always think about it, you know, or constantly sometimes when, you know, I mean, it's in a complicated situation at work, actually, you know, in negotiations and stuff. I always think, okay, what's the pattern? Oh, man. You? Yeah. What do you remember most? So for me, it was mostly the... the or what the, it impact, uh, impacted you more of GMA? It's actually, it's actually the, the, the people. It's the, yeah. the um, being exposed to... Um, uh, people from from uh, uh, different countries and also d- different professions, mm-hmm. uh, professions that I would actually really never come across uh, yeah. in my normal normal life. So as you said, I was uh, really really impressed by uh, our friends from the U.S. military. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I I don't know why I had this bias, but I thought I was surprised to see them so thoughtful and mm-hmm. reflective and self-critical yeah. as well yeah uh even those that were from both sides of the political spectrum in the mm-hmm. u.s uh, that was quite amazing yeah. uh and yes and then to to, to meet up uh with, with, with people who were doing incredibly difficult stuff in incredibly difficult places uh whether it was in in uh, an ngo whether it was in industry whether it was um in in uh in various parts of government in like um people who were working for uh, uh, the the um, the central bank of uh, of developing countries. Um, so uh, that that was 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 incredible. I had a, a, a and these friendships, which as exactly like you said, they stayed. Like like yeah. it meant that a few years later you can reconnect with somebody and and mm-hmm. uh, just there's, we have a common kind of language or a c- common um, mm-hmm. way of wanting to relate somehow which was uh, really powerful yeah yeah i think it's good you know what i think we should do more um in this sense that you said that sometimes we forget we should get together and like debate policy issues or subjects 
Yeah, I think, or discuss, uh, I think not debate, but just have like discussions about it. Yes, or or I was also thinking like um, uh, like a task force for for problem solving. Like yeah. somebody has a really difficult problem at work and requires lateral thinkers mm-hmm. uh, coming from different disciplines. That could be mm-hmm. really really powerful. Like like having one person presenting an issue and then bouncing yeah. off ideas. Uh, that that is that is one thing. Yeah. Uh, the, the dean Dean Nutta started this bookshelf uh, project. So so she she uh, she invites whoever wants to uh, to read a book, and then there's a couple of discussions scheduled with uh, three monthly cycles. So uh, so that's that's one that uh, is taking off, which is pretty good. Oh, okay, um, that's nice. Yeah, that's and I'm I'm hoping this this podcast also helps. Uh, make more more connections and uh, give, give oh, insights man. as well. I don't know how it's going to go with this one. I just felt that I was talking to a friend, you know, like <laughs> yeah, me up. too, me too, yeah, me too, me too. <laughs> so I don't know how yeah, it's like... going to come out as a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm fine. Sorry, we'll Philippe. figure it out. And I'm sorry, no, no, Philippe it's... people, <laughs> because we'll, for uh... me, I just have, I was having a conversation with you, <laughs> <laughs> me too. which I, I really haven't enjoyed had that, in actually. such a long time. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I was like great. going to be very professional with this, but then I saw you and I was like, I can't. <laughs> this is how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a conversation among among friends. So. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Please follow us to get notified when new episodes are released. Mm-hmm.